Hello there, and welcome back to Snow Country Stories Japan. This is the first episode of season two of the pod, and I'm looking forward to continuing our exploration of the snow country as we head into winter and the inevitable fantastic snow that is to come. I am your host, Peter Carnell, a freelance tour guide and writer based in Nagano. And Snow Country Stories Japan is a podcast all about life and travel in Japan's legendary Yukiguni. Today's episode brings us to Nagano Prefecture and to Japan's largest ski resort, Shigakogen. Shigakogen Mountain Resort is located to the east to northeast of Nagano City and northwest of Tokyo and sits within Japan's fourth largest national park, Joshinetsu Kogen. As such, the mountains and alpine valleys that make up the ski resort and national park are an all year round destination, but today's episode is focused purely on the skiing and snowboarding in what is Japan's largest and highest ski resort. I've actually already touched upon the ski resort in episode 6, Shigakogen Brewery and the Artistry of Barrel Age Beer, as it's the resort and the area around it that the brewery takes its name from. An award winning brewery, so if you like skiing, snowboarding, and beer, And who doesn't, then that episode is one that you definitely need to listen to. In this episode, I speak with Rebel Zimikiel, the manager of Shiga International Ski School. Shiga International Ski School provides group and private ski and snowboard lessons, along with tours within Shiga Kogen, catering to anyone from absolute newbies to advanced skiers and boarders, and focused on international, non Japanese speaking visitors. Rebel has been in Japan for many years now and speaks about the resort with real authority. And his own story is just as interesting, but I'll leave that for him to tell. For anyone interested in their services, head to the website shigaskiskool.com. Rebel is a lovely guy who loves what he does, and that attitude carries over to his clients, so get in touch. In terms of getting to Shigakogen, express buses operate to the resort from Nagano Station. A 70 minute to two hour journey, depending on which part of the resort you're headed to. After all, it's a very big resort. Express buses also run from Tokyo and its airports, taking between five to six hours, with other express services also operating from other major cities. For anyone wanting to drive themselves, winter tires or chains are a must. The higher elevation of the resort means the road leading up to it is very likely to be affected by snow and ice. And should not be attempted in winter without winter tires or chains. I should mention that each episode of the pod has a page on the website, snowcountrystories.com, including relevant links and maps. Given the size of Japan's snow country and often unfamiliar place names, understanding where each episode is talking about can be confusing. So make sure to visit the episode page on the website for related maps to get your bearings and links to people and places we discuss. And now, on to today's episode. Shigakogen Mountain Resort is Japan's largest ski resort, boasts Japan's highest chairlifted ski run, and hosted multiple events during the 1998 Winter Olympics. It also enjoys Nagano's longest season and has a reputation for the most reliable snow in any of any resort in central Japan. Based in the Okushiga Ski Fields, Shigakogen International Ski School has been providing lessons and tours to international visitors for many years, going into their ninth season. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by the manager of the ski school, Rebel Zimikio. Rebel, how are you? I'm good and welcome to Okushiga. 
Thank you very much for having me up here. And as I mentioned, you're the manager of, of Shiga International Ski School and based in Shiga Kogan Mountain Resort. And we'll get into the resort in a moment. But just before we do, I'm interested in your story. How did you end up uh, here in Japan and in Nagano? Actually, it's an interesting story because uh, I used to cross-country ski race and I ski raced for Ethiopia. And uh, the world championships were in 2007 in Sapporo in Japan. And I used to work, before that, I used to work for a French company uh, called Club Med. And they had a ski resort up in Hokkaido. So when I came in 2007, 2006-7 winter, they asked if I wanted to teach. And I teach alpine skiing and snowboard, cross-country, telemark, all that stuff. So they asked me if I wanted to do a winter season in Japan. At the time, to be honest with you, I had been to Japan before, but only to Tokyo. I didn't realize what an amazing winter season that Japan actually has. So I came that winter and I worked for Club Med while training and doing the world championships. And then I just saw the snow and the skiing and I was just like, wow. And this is from a person that was teaching skiing and living in Colorado for many years. So I was just dumbfounded. So I was up in Hokkaido for about eight years. And then one of my friends who started managing a hotel here in Shigakogen uh, asked they would like to start a new ski school out here. And um, would you be interested? And at that time, I was a bit of a Hokkaido snob. (laughs) I thought the only good snow, best skiing was only in Hokkaido because that's all I had really known. So I came down here and I visited and I was just dumbfounded. And pretty much that same day, I handed in my resignation to the previous company I worked for and got going on starting something new here. And so that's how I ended up here. And I've never regretted it. Let me jump back there a little bit, because I think listeners would have picked up on the fact that you said that you skied for Ethiopia. Yes, I ski raced for Ethiopia in... uh, the Olympics for Torino in 2006 and 2010 in Vancouver. Which events? Cross-country skiing. I have always, I've been ski racing since I was about 12 years old. And I've wanted to represent Ethiopia for many years. Didn't know how it was going to happen. So when I was in college, I was actually at my peak of racing. And that was in the mid 90s. Um, There was no way to make that happen. And there was, I didn't see any path. But Funny enough, the whole reason that re-sparked that whole desire to ski race for Ethiopia was in the 1998 Olympics, I saw the Kenyans ski racing and nothing against the Kenyans, but I was, I grew up ski racing and I saw them skiing and I was like, hold on, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, you know, I'm like. I was all American in high school. I mean, I was racing at a very high level and and I was seeing them and I was like, there's, so there's gotta be a way. So it took many, many, many years, but eventually managed to start the Ethiopian ski association, which I'm chairman of by the way. And, uh, so finally ended up getting my fist license to race for Ethiopia. So that's how it all came about. And I don't really normally talk a lot about it. I'm not really, it was something for me and it was to, inspire other Ethiopians to do different sports other than running because Ethiopians are only really known for running 
Are you a known entity in Ethiopia? If I was to drop your name in conversation, would people recognize it? There's people that know of me, yes. (laughs) Amazing, amazing. So obviously we're here today to talk largely about uh, the uh, ski resorts, as I said, Shikakoga Mountain Resort. And I guess when you are talking about Shiga, the very first thing that you need to talk about is the size, because Shikakoga, it's my understanding, is the largest ski resort in Japan. Even though a few ski resorts make this claim, it is in fact Shiga, which is the largest. Am I correct in saying that? It is the largest interconnected ski resort in Japan. That is correct. You know, you get one pass that operates as one ski area and it is the largest. It will take you three days to try to ski every single trail. Yeah, so just like Hakuba, just like Niseko, it's an all-mountain pass that covers all areas. Correct. But it's also interconnected. That's the biggest difference. I mean, um, for example, in Niseko and Hakuba, you can get one pass that covers several different ski areas, but then you have to transfer from one ski area to the other uh, versus in Shigakogen, almost all of it is interconnected. So you can be on your skis all day bouncing from one of the mountains to the other. They're all interconnected with trails and lifts. So in my understanding, that's around 600 hectares is the total size of the resort and around 425 of those are totally connected. Yes, in terms of the actual trails. Now, if you start including the accessible uh, off-piste areas, it's even bigger than that. The total size, when we say 600 hectares, we're talking about on-piste, the marked ski runs. Which is Correct. and so no, no, notably larger than Hakuba. So Hakuba, for example, it's my understanding totals to around one thousand hectares, but that's accounting for all ten resorts in the valley. The largest extent of interconnected terrain in Hakuba is Hapo One, which is around two hundred and twenty hectares. Outside of that, you're going to have to get on to buses or drive yourself between the resorts to get smaller ski fields. But Shiga, total of around 600, and of which is around 425, is totally connected. Now, we're sitting in the Okushiga ski fields of Shiga Kogan. So let's start from there. Can you just give us an idea as to the areas that make up the overall ski resort and you know what uh, distinguishes one from the other, starting with Okushiga? What's, what's good about this spot? I love this spot. <laughs> um, no, Okushiga is basically is in the very north end of Shiga. Kogen. If you are looking at Shigakogen, there's basically two ends of it. There is the Yokoteyama Shibutoge area, which actually, Shibutoge is actually in Guma. There's actually a place where you can be one ski in Guma, one ski in Nagano. So that's one end. And then we're in the extreme other end. So it's in the very northern end. The, the best part about, I think for me, Okshiga is a lot of the trails face north. This gets really good snow quality. Um, and it's a bit more quieter. It skis more like if you wait in a lift line for two minutes, that's a long wait. Um, there's not that many beds. I mean, there's two hotels here and eight pensions. There's not many beds. So on the weekends, sometimes, yes, it can get a little busy. And during the holidays, Japanese holidays with daily drivers that come up. But in general, especially for foreigners during the weekdays, it's like a private ski area. Um we don't get school trips here. Um, you do have school trips in Shigakogen. Um, they tend to be more in Takamagahara, Ichinose, those kinds of areas. Where there's also bigger hotels. Yeah, and there's a lot more hotels, more beds available. Um, even, But the school trips themselves, to be honest, it's at first I was very worried, but it's actually not bad. Most of the times they let you pass all of them. That being said... Um, one of the reasons why in the Okushiga area, 
and even Yakebitai Mountain, which is right next to us, um, we, there's not really that many school trips. So it tends to be more of just skiers, private skiers that are just... Yeah, because it's important to say Okushiga is the kind of deepest part of the re- connected part of the resort, the furthest you can go into the mountain. And that connects through to Yakibitai, which connects to Ichinose. And my experience is, because obviously the busiest part of the resort, and Shiga is not busy compared to resorts like Niseko or Hakuba, but the busiest part of the resort is around Ichinose, Takamagahara. And m- most skiers and snowboarders don't tend to come all over here. It takes that little bit more effort to get here. Um, very little effort because everything is nicely connected. Good, uh, you know, a bunch of gondolas and chairlifts over here to do that. But I find that everybody tends to, especially beginners, they all stay around the central area. And by the time you get to Yakubitai and then into Okushiga, most people who are here are intermediate to advanced as well, which is quite nice. So the ski, the ski runs aren't cut, cut up by people just sitting in the middle of them. So yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's. It's a journey to come here on skis because, like I said, there's only two hotels here and there's another eight pensions. So the the people that stay here, they will ski here and they'll start from here. But for the other people, that, that but that's the same thing we were talking about earlier. Shigakogen is so massive that it's not because it's so difficult to come and get here. You There's easy beginner slopes you can use to get here. The thing is, it's just huge. So like, I mean, I do tours for guests here where we will ski Shigakogen and take a different lift and a different trail all day. Never do the same thing twice. And that's how big it is. I mean, you never have to ski the same trail twice. And even then, you're all, I have to bypass so many trails to make sure we can do that loop. Yeah, so um, so that's the reason why Okushiga is so far tucked up here that for the journey to get up here is a bit long for a lot of people. They don't have the time. They're just enjoying themselves on their way out here. So in that regard, given the size of the ski resort, you know, do you have a suggestion to listeners? How many days do you need up here to get, get the most out of it and to really feel like you've experienced all of it? It will take you three days. If you wanted to ski every single trail in Shigakogen, it will take three days. That's making an effort to ski every single different trail. That being said, if you spent two weeks up here, you will not get bored. Like you literally will find different things. And the great thing about Shigakogen is that there's, it's not, um, you know, there's some ski areas where it's like just this one side of a mountain and there's trails coming down like this, right? So it's all facing north or facing south or facing east. Shigakogen is like in a valley on mountains. So you have backside. So you have sides that are facing north, facing south, facing east. It's facing west. Um, It's in a valley. I mean, you're crossing roads on skier bridges. You're crossing roads under tunnels, going to completely different aspect. So... There's just different character to all the different areas. So you will not get bored. And that's what I'm saying is like, for example, if you want to do moguls one day, there are certain areas here and there that are really amazing. Um, if you want backcountry, come towards Okushiga, you have easy access, easy entry, easy exit places where you can actually do that. Um, 
if you want to explore different restaurants, different things. So it's, you will not get bored. I mean, I have, I know people that have come here for two weeks and every time they come back, they just have a huge grin on their face. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Because the other thing worth mentioning in regards to Shiga, not only is it the largest ski resort, it's the highest ski resort in Correct. Japan. So it goes up to just over 2,300 metres in Yokotayama. Yokotayama is one part of the resort which is not connected. So you need to either drive yourself over or get one of the buses to take you over there. But that goes up to 2,300 metres, 2,307 I think is the Correct. exact. Uh, put, to put that in comparison, again in Hakuba, the highest ski resort is Hapaone at just I think around 1,850 a little over, yeah, 1,800 meters, yeah. And I, my understanding, I, or I've only uh, snowboarded in Hokkaido once, so you would know it much better than I do. I think the highest uh, ski resort in Hokkaido is only around 1,600 meters. Does that sound about right? On average, most of the ski areas in Hokkaido uh, are around 1,000 to 1,250, 1,300 meters. I think there's, uh, Sahi might be a little bit higher. There's a tram that takes you up there. But um, but in general, Hokkaido is much lower, the mountains, but it's also further north. As traditional ski areas go, Shigakogen is the highest ski area. But if I am correct, there is one other chairlift that actually goes up higher than 2,307, but it doesn't open until April. Like it's closed all winter, opens for spring skiing or something like that. But yeah, Shigakogen is the highest ski area in Japan. So if I'm thinking correctly, Shigakogen, the entire resort is located from around 1,330 metres to 2,307. Correct. So uh, obviously the out with that altitude, it's known for its very reliable snow and it enjoys the longest uh, ski season of any resort in Nagano. So in terms of coming here, Rebel, like when can you expect snow from and until, until when? The first slopes here normally open up in second to third week of November, but that's on, because of the elevation, they can make man-made snow. So normally when it early season opens is a combination of natural snow and man-made snow. Um, for the diehards, that's when you can start. And th- these are the higher areas. So we're talking about Yokotayama, Kumanoyu, which are the first areas? Yeah, you, uh, normally it's Kumanoyu, Yokotayama, and then Ichinose, Takamagahara, and Yakebitai Mountains they will open up. They're the earliest ones that open up. Um, but in general, a lot of the slopes on a regular year will start opening up around first, second week of December. Um, and then by Christmas, most everything is pretty much open and starting to be interconnected. If you really want to experience the whole Shigakogen experience, um, if you come after, just before Christmas or after Christmas for the interconnected experience, I think that's the best time. And then January is phenomenal. February is phenomenal. March is also amazing. There's another thing that I want to mention about Shigakogen because of the elevation is that it reminds me a lot of the ski areas in Europe and Colorado and Utah with the elevation because the snow quality tends to stay nice because the air temperature is actually quite cold. So it will be like minus six, minus seven is the air temperature. But because of the elevation and the sun, especially it feels warmer on your skin. So for example, when I was in Hokkaido, when it's minus seven, minus eight, because of the lower elevation, you feel it. 
You know what I mean? The sun is not as strong. Here you get this just deep blue skies. And that's really like one of the other things I really like about Shigakogen is because of the elevation. The reason why I mentioned that is it feels really good and much warmer than it really is. But the air temperature itself is so cold that the snow quality still stays good. And in terms of the snow quality, because we are further from the coast here than a lot of other Nagano resorts, uh, further than Hakuba, further than, for example, Nozawa, Madurao, or Kogen in Niigata. So we are further from the coast. How does the snow compare to the other Nagano resorts or Hokkaido? Snow quality here is phenomenal. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, especially like on from from all the areas that are above 1,600 meters. I mean, the average base area of the ski areas in Shigakogen is like 1,600 meters. So that's the average base. So Takamagahara is 1,650. Yokoteyama is 1,750. Okushiga Gondola is 1,600. Okushiga here, the main area is 1,500. Um, all these areas and above, the snow quality tends to be dry, light, more inland. We didn't talk about it earlier, but Shigakogen is just above where the snow monkeys are. So that town is a thousand-year-old town. It's called Yuranaka Shibu Onsen. Um, it's a thousand-year-old hot springs town. It's where the samurai used to go to recover from. Great history, another conversation, but an amazing place down there as well. But basically... That's at the base of Shigakogen, and that's where the snow monkeys are, the ones that take the hot springs. So basically from there to come up to Shigakogen, you're dry, you're gaining almost a thousand meters in vertical. I want to jump back a little bit because you mentioned that you kind of got your beginnings in Japan in Hokkaido and that you kind of, I think you described yourself earlier as a Hokkaido snob to begin. Yeah. And I think when you said that the uh, snow here rates just, just as good as the Hokkaido uh, snow. I think some people might hear that and say, really? Really? It does? But you, you really see it like that? You really see that Shiga's Kogan is, snow is as good as anywhere else? Absolutely. What, on, on a good day here, it's, oof. Oh my God. You know, I'll tell you a little something. My instructors here, when they first arrive and it's their first time up here and they're, they start getting really, really excited on powder days. And I'm like, they're trying to skip out from teaching and everything like that. I just want to go ski, ski, ski. And I'm like, guys, don't worry. You're going to have just amazing winter. You're going to have great snow. And I normally tell them, listen, there'll come a day where there'll be needy powder and it's your day off and you will look out the window and you're going to contemplate whether you're going to go ski or not because it's cloudy. And you're waiting for a blue sky on a knee deep powder. They're like, no way, man. Knee deep powder. I'm out there. Every, you know, no. And sure enough, every winter. Okay. I got you. <laughs> no, it's, it really is. The snow quality here is amazing. It's so dry and light. Um, I mean, this is Okushiga and Yakebitai. Um, Ichinose as well. There, if you go towards giant January into mid February, that, that's the lowest part of Shigakogen. That's around 1,350 meters. It's still good then. Um, uh, and it'll be dry and light. But here it's... Terracoya. I always find Terracoya as well. You get nice powder up there. Because Terracoya is just a 
fit up from or the backside of uh, Higashi Tateyama, which was the one of the Olympic courses or one of the Olympic. The GS was held there, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of people get up there and there's a gondola getting you to the top of uh, Higashi Tateyama and then people bomb down. But if you take the trouble of going off the backside, I keep saying trouble, it's not trouble at all. If you just drop off the backside and then one more chair lift up, you get the to Terracoya. Yeah. And it's usually devoid of people and often is full of powder. Yeah, and Terracoya itself is like, what, 2,000... 100 something meters. Yeah, it's it's pretty high up as well. Um picturesque part of the resort. It's beautiful for the scenery and you got this the snow monsters and stuff like that up there. No, the the scenery there is absolutely gorgeous. Well, let's jump on to what you do here in Shiga Kogan as the manager of the Shiga International Ski School. What services do you provide and uh, when are you open? So we are pretty much, we offer just about everything. So normally private lessons were open from when the first trails open until the trails close. So we offer private lessons from November until Golden Week. So our ski season here lasts till the first week of May. So... We will do private lessons throughout that. Group lessons and our full package of lessons. So we offer kids group lessons uh, and adult group lessons for skiing. Uh, and then we also offer group lessons for adult in snowboard or 12 years and older. Um, and that we normally start the second week of December and we go until the first weekend of April. So we have the group lessons start out in Okushiga just for logistics. So... Um, and so we offer group lessons. The thing is our maximum size is six, but we normally average, try to keep it around three to four per group. We try to keep small groups for better quality lesson. The the best thing about it is where our ski school is located is one of the best places, especially for first timers to learn at, as well as for advanced skiers because of what is offered here. But th- that chairlift one is like a ski instructor's dream. It makes you feel like you're a superhero instructor because you can really get first timers within 45 minutes rocking and skiing. Um, um, but yeah, and then we offer the group lessons out of here, but private lessons we offer and we can come to you anywhere in Shigakogen. So there's over 80 hotels. So um, the private lessons, we're a little bit more flexible on start time. It's up to you. Anywhere from two hours up to six hours, you can book for private lessons. And I send the instructors to you. And the good thing is our instructors are located, our instructor's chalet is located centrally in Shigakogen. So it's very easy for them. Normally, they, they ski to work, ski to... The, yeah, it's it's a good life. <laughs> And so ski lessons and also you mentioned earlier that you do some tours. Yeah. So we, we provide, um, it, it falls under private lessons, but there's, we have customers because Shigakogen is so big that just for, you know, the, the first day they want somebody to kind of show them around where everything is at, where the good restaurants are, where the, this kinds of trails are and everything just to know the lay of the land. So we do tours like that. Um, we do also offer backcountry tours, but it's not really kind of like backcountry the way you would think uh, like in, um, I don't know, like in, in the West per se. It's more, it's tree skiing. It's more like side country, which is what I think uh, it's more like. And it's easy entry, easy exit. You don't need skins. You don't need to hike or anything. And it's more to guide people. And those normally they, 
do with us for like a half a day just so they know where not to go, where is a good place to go. And the terrain that's available in Okshiga, you can spend one week here doing the same terrain in the trees and you will not get bored. And my to give you an idea, my instructors on their days off, they can go anywhere in Shigakogen, but where do they come? They come to Okshiga. Yeah, just on that, because I plan to do an upcoming episode about the backcountry in Shiga. Um, how does it compare to the backcountry of Hokkaido, Hakuba, these places in terms of, is it the kind of, I mean, backcountry comes with certain, you know, risks and, and realities. Is it the kind of backcountry that you can take yourself into and you're, re- you're relatively safe or you would recommend getting a guide to do that? I would recommend getting a guide for at least your first day, for a half day, just to, to know where it's allowed, not allowed, um, to know where it's safe, where you're not going to end up in a riverbed um, and you're going to spend two, three hours hiking out because you went the wrong way. Um, that's the one thing I was saying. Like The Okshiga one is nice because the access gates are there. So if you enter there, you're going to go out into a nice place. You're not going to end up in someplace ridiculous. But the rest of Shiga You have to Kogan, register to go through the gates? No, you don't. You, but you just need to be partnered up with somebody and you just need to have the backpack with the gear that's necessary. Um, that being said, also, it's a lot of the terrain, I think, as you know, you've been skiing in Japan, is a lot of it is less than 40 degrees. So there's, and if you know, and you've skied in Japan, which I'm pretty sure you have, they don't do a lot of avalanche maintenance because a lot of the skiing they allow is on terrain that's not necessarily avalanche prone. Um, So in general, it's there. That being said, I think Niseko, Hakuba, those places are definitely for the backcountry are a bit more developed and have had more years uh, developing it than Shigakogen has. So Shigakogen is starting to open that up and explore it and do a better job of it every year. But it's not quite up to the extent of tours and guides and stuff that's available. Like you would find in Niseko or in in Hokkaido or in Hakuba. And if anyone is interested in getting in contact with the ski school to book lessons or a tour, how do they, how do they do that? shigaskischool.com couldn't be any easier yeah very easy very <laughs> simple like you know uh, when we came here actually there was no international ski school we're the only international ski school in shigakogen and there there was nothing there before it. the the other ski schools would have one or two or maybe three instructors that are foreigners on their team there was a few ski schools that did that but there was no there was no ski school that was dedicated for inbound clientele. So our sister ski school, actually, I want like to mention is Sugiyama Ski School, is one of the most well-known ski schools in all of Japan. And the primary stakeholder of our ski school is the owner of Sugiyama Ski School. The guy who started Sugiyama Ski School is also a Japanese Olympian from back in the day, in the 50s. So, and this Sugiyama Ski School has been here for over 60 years. They're our sister ski school. So basically we work in tandem with them where we take care of all the foreign clientele or English speaking or English. We also have many Japanese that want their kids or to be in an English speaking environment for lessons. And they take care of 
all the Japanese-speaking clientele. Given the size of the resort that we've spoken about, um, one of the confusing things, for especially first-time visitors, is where to stay. Can you give any advice on the best areas to stay? Because one of the tricks with Shiga, it doesn't have a really developed central village like Nozawa or Hakaba, these places. So, Rebel, any thoughts on good places to stay or some of the more convenient places? I think that's going to be up to you on what you're looking after. Because, like I said, there's over, I think there's over 80 hotels in Shigakugan. Um, so if you want a little bit of more of the village kind of life, places you can walk to, go to a bar and different restaurants and different things like that, then definitely stay in Ichinose or Takamagahara. Ichinose and Takamagahara are right next to each other. So uh, you can walk from Takamagahara to Ichinose, Ichinose to Takamagahara. There's, and there's no like, it's not like a place that you go to where you have independent restaurants that are set apart from a hotel or anything like that. That being said, almost all the hotels have restaurants that you can go into and dine at that restaurant. So you don't necessarily need to book your dinner at your hotel. You can go to another hotel. So they're all inside hotels. Um, There's definitely options. Um, So I would say like, if you want that kind of thing, it's more central as well. Ichinose Takamagahara is basically the very middle of um, Chigakogen. Now, if you're looking more for hot springs, like hot springs are your thing and you really want hot springs. Takamagahara has hot, all the hotels in Takamagahara are also hot springs hotels. But if you really are into your hot springs, Kumanoyu, it's its own little section of Shigakogen. Um, that's also the other kind of little village area within Shigakogen. There is a few, there's several hotels there that you can walk around to and explore. Um, if you're looking more of like, you just want a packaged deal where you don't have to worry about, then definitely you go Prince Hotel, Okshiga, or something like that. Um, if you want more really five-star, then you go towards the Hotel Grand Phoenix. Which is here in Okushiga. Yeah, it's in your Okushiga. It's actually where the royal family takes their yeah. ski holidays. But if you're looking for five-star, that's the case. Then if you're, look, if you're looking more for like bed and breakfast and stuff, it's also here in Okushiga. Because there's some of these bed and breakfasts here are awesome. They're amazing. There's, there's eight of them. And that's more of like a really a more cozy atmosphere. So it really depends on what you're after. But I think you can get it. But the one thing that I, I will be honest with you, I mean, I'm not going to lie, is that if you're after a crazy nightlife and that's really what you're after, you don't have. Can you have nightlife? Yes. There is plenty of bars that you can go to and enjoy and have a good time, but it's not quite like Hakuba or Nisi. Yeah, I think it's worth being really clear on that point. I mean, if if, if uh, Apre is a big part of your kind of, you know, priority for you, then you're going to have a better time in Nozawa or Hakuba, right? Yeah. That stuff is there. Uh, yeah, there is nightlife here, but nothing as developed as that. The other thing which Shiga doesn't have yet is high-end self-contained accommodation, chalets that exist in Hakuba. Starting to come in in Nozawa now. Not yet in Shiga. The re- the main reason is that Shigakogan sits on National Park. So it's all really, that's the amazing part of it, about it, which makes it pristine. But at the same time for development, it's not as easy to develop new projects here and there as quickly. But also, and you kind of touched on it earlier, actually another option for accommodation here is staying in Shibu Onsen or Yurunaka Onsen, which are only 
25, 30 minutes drive down the mountain from the lowest parts of the ski resort. So that's an option if you wanted to stay there and then drive yourself up each day or use the buses. But you do have that being very clear. You do have to get yourself up and down from the resort each day if you do that. If you're driving from Shibuansen or Yudanaka or Kambayashi, it's actually more like 10, 15 minutes to get to Sun Valley. But I'm a daily driver. I know the roads and everything, and I'm comfortable with the roads. So it takes me about 10 minutes to get to Sun Valley. Um, but yeah, if you're the average tourist or the person who has never been here, if you give yourself 15 to 20 minutes, you're going to be on the slopes right away. Uh, and then that you mentioned that. Um, what's actually kind of a cool thing to do if you come to Shigakogen is... You, if you rent a car, yes, definitely you can stay down there and drive up. And it's actually an amazing place to explore from, aside from Shigakogen, because from Shibuansen Yudanaka, you can also explore Ryoski area. Matarao is only 30, 40 minutes. Nozawa is only 40 minutes away. Um, so you can really explore. And you also have Yomase ski area, Kijimi Daira, X-Jam, Fuji. You have so many different places to explore. You can make that as a home base then there's many more restaurants and bars and all that stuff there um the other way i would do it is if you really are here for skiing i would stay in shigakogen but definitely spend at least one night in shibu onsen mm, yeah totally your last night spend it in shibu onsen hot springs it out you can actually walk around in a kimono or yukata and explore all these different hot springs that are all around the village steam coming out from the ground you're walking through and then and especially in the evenings, it's, it's so picturesque. I mean, it's retained a lot of its character. Shibu it hasn't hasn't been overdeveloped. Bit of a, in some regards, Shibu is a bit undiscovered. Uh, you know, it's, it's it gets more and more attention each year from international visitors, but still hasn't got the profile of other areas. It's really good. Before I forget to ask, I want to ask one more question about the resort because one thing that comes up from international visitors is in terms of rental here. If they don't want to bring their skis or their snowboard with them. Is there high-quality rental outlets in Shiga? And if so, where are they? Where? Okay, so Okushiga definitely has. Um, almost all the hotels have their own rentals, but you just need to be careful at which hotel. That being said, within a short distance of those hotels, there is good quality rentals. So if you don't want to rent from your hotel. So yes, there is. Um, in the Maruike, Hasuike area, and the Yamanoiki stop, there's really good brand new ski rental facility there. That's the main station because not only from Nagano Station, from Osaka, from Tokyo, from Nagoya, all they have their express buses. That's the main hub that they'll take you to. Um, so there's a ski rental facility there that's like brand new. Um, here, all our equipment will be brand new again this year. Um, and then Prince Hotels, all their equipment is always up to date. That's fine. And then you have a ski rental company called Snowcan. I think they have two or three locations. They have a mixed bag of equipment, but they have high end up to very lower end. But um, So if somebody wanted to rent through you guys, but not do ski lessons or tours, that's fine? You just, just Yeah, that's totally fine. And you, as we talked about, you're based in the Okushiga area. Do they have to come to Okushiga to get the gear or do you guys drop it off to hotels? They would have to come here. Um, that being said, I mean, there is, like I said, there is good, if you're in the Ichinose area, um, for example, I think it's Chalet Shiga there, they work with head ski company and they always have up to date gear there. So all the different hotels have actually rental facilities available at the hotel. The only thing I would check is just check with your hotel, wherever you book 
about their ski rental because some of the hotel's rental equipment is a bit uh, out of date, if, if, uh, if you know what I mean. Um, but that being said, it doesn't mean you don't have access within a short walking distance to get some really good quality gear. Awesome. Uh, anything we've missed out on Rebel? I'm conscious of taking up a lot of your time this morning. So before we sign off, anything else sort of you'd like to throw in there about the resort or any tips? Actually, can- you know what? What what I would like to say is Shiga Kogen is a big part of this area and this is where I've spent time. But for people that come here, I think they should really explore not just Shiga Kogen, but they should explore Shibu Onsen, Yudanaka. I mean, you know, there's so many people that come here that come just to see the snow monkeys and they leave. And Shiga Kogen is crazy not to know about it because you can't see it. Let me jump in there. I, I, I uh, As a guide, I've guided to the monkeys literally hundreds of times. And I, I this happened quite a few occasions in the middle of winter when obviously monkeys are there all year round, but people want to see them in the winter. I would have guests there sometimes and they would ask me, any skiing around here? No. You're spot on. <laughs> You'd be like, well, just literally point up the mountain. You're in a valley at the, and say, this is the largest ski resort in Asia, right above us. And they had no idea. But you can't see it. You can't see the ski trails because Shigakogen is so hidden in this valley that until you get above, and that's actually one of the most spectacular things. I remember when I first came to visit was like, I don't know where you're taking me. There's no ski area here. Because my friend who I told you about brought me up here. And I remember getting to Sun Valley and making that turn towards Yamanoiki and then all of a sudden being like, oh my God, it's like the secret world that exists up here. You can't, I mean, you don't really see it until you're up here and then you realize this is a monster. And so most people don't realize that there's this ginormous, gigantic ski area just above the hill. So, oh, Rebel, thank you very much for your time this morning. Um, I really do appreciate it and looking forward to getting this interview out there because I think it's going to really hit, um, I think there's an audience for it. Um, I'm a big fan of Shiga. I'd never heard of Shiga Kogan until I moved to Nagano. I'd been in Japan many years and still had never heard of it. I came here, discovered this uh, fantastic ski resort, as you say, huge with this long season. And I hope through this interview, we can get a few more people up here and also a few people to the uh, ski school to meet yourself. I hope so as well. It's it's the hidden gem, honestly. It's uh, it's an amazing place, um, which, by the way, I now call home. I don't see myself leaving anytime. So it's the longest I've ever spent in any one location. But yeah, it's an amazing place. We hope to see more people come out here and uh, come join us out here in this magical little hidden wonder of the world fantastic cheers mate thank you for your time thank you that's it for today's episode another big thank you to Robel for making time to speak with me should you want to get in touch with him and Shiga International Ski School visit their website shigaskischool.com they're also on Instagram and Facebook the podcast website is snowcountrystories.com And you can follow us on all the usual social media platforms by searching Snow Country Stories Japan. If you're enjoying the podcast and haven't already, please, please, please subscribe and please, please, please write a quick review. They take no time at all and make a huge difference in the podcast apps picking up on the show and promoting it to other listeners. Sharing the pod with family and friends is also very helpful and always hugely appreciated. 
My name is Peter Carnell. This has been Snow Country Stories Japan. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode. Until then, it's bye for now.